Welcome to the Voice of Texas Veterans, a production of Texas Veterans Commission, speaking up for Texas veterans since 1927. Helping justice involve veterans and their families too. Thank you for joining us. I'm Julia Connor, Communications and Outreach at Texas Veterans Commission, the state agency that helps veterans, family members, and survivors access the state and federal benefits earned. We file disability claims and appeals, help veterans navigate the VA medical care system. We have an education department. We work with veterans to get them into civilian careers or help them start a business. We have a mental health department that works with communities and agencies across the state to ensure veteran access to vital mental health services. Our Veterans Mental Health Department also works with justice-involved veterans. With me to talk about that program are the two managers, licensed professional counselors, Terry Williams and Cynthia Gray. Cynthia joined the Air Force right out of high school, served four years active duty, and was also an Air Force spouse. Terry's mother was in the Air Force, actually stationed at Bergstrom Air Force Base in Austin for a time. Terry, let's start with you. First, tell me about the Justice Involved program. Well, the Justice Involved Veterans program has really, really grown over the last few years. Cynthia and I work really hard to serve Justice Involved Veterans all across the state of Texas. We work throughout what we call the Gain Sequential Intercept model. So that starting in the community and ending in the community and trying to help veterans across each one of those intercepts. So we work with law enforcement agencies, we work with community agencies, we work very closely with veteran treatment courts. We hear from families and veterans themselves via letters, via our jail information cards. If you are seeing veterans in your counties and they are involved in any way in the criminal justice system, we are here to assist them in any way we can with linkages to services and whatever it is that they need. Now, I will say we don't provide any direct legal assistance because we don't have any lawyers here who do that, but we do link folks to legal aid and other folks uh, in their area. And then we do a lot of work with the military veteran peer network and those peer service coordinators who are our boots on the ground people who know what's going on in each of their various communities. As Terry mentioned, we do receive letters from individuals experiencing incarceration in jails and in prisons, as well as we have those peer service coordinators go into the jails and the prisons and do peer groups with the veterans experiencing incarceration, making sure they get the resources they need and whatnot. And then as the veterans are transitioning out back into the community, we connect them with, again, those peer service coordinators so they can get the resources that they need for the community to help successfully transition and reduce recidivism. So they may be in jail in Huntsville, but they may be going back to the Dallas area once they're out. So just because they have that connection in Huntsville, that's not necessarily going to be the person that's going to help them if they move back to Dallas. So we do a lot of connecting and reconnecting, kind of those warm handoffs, I guess, kind of make sure that we wherever they're going, they have somebody that they can directly speak to beforehand. Because, of course, if you know anything about people, you know, coming out from incarceration, there are so many things that they have to do to get themselves back on their feet. If they were experiencing homelessness or something before, you know, they're trying to find documentation and get things together, find some place to stay, meet with their probation or parole officers, go to UAs, catch these meetings. And so we can give them a actual person and not have to have them calling 57 different places to find one thing. It kind of helps alleviate some of that stress and also helps with recidivism. So if a veteran is getting disability payments before they are incarcerated and they have a family, what happens to their disability if they are incarcerated? If there is a conviction, the 61st day after conviction 
if they have, for example, a 100% disability rating, that percentage will go down to 10% during the extent of their incarceration. And then after they get back into the community, then we connect them with the VA and a claims officer or with TVC, of course, and help them get the rest of their percentage back. What happens to their families? TVC, our claims guys, specifically Greg Holland, he helps the justice involve veterans with their claims. There's a process that sometimes the family members can receive the percentage that the veteran isn't receiving, but it's a complicated process, but Greg can help with that. Greg, please explain that process. Tell us how it works. Tell us how you help the incarcerated veteran. A lot of the times when the veterans become incarcerated right off the bat, they don't know what's going to happen to their VA benefits. If it's their first time, second time, third time, and they weren't picked up on a warrant, then really nothing's going to happen to their VA benefits until the 61st day following conviction or sentencing for a felony. That's some good news that I bring to them. And sometimes they sit in county jail for years. It's sad, but our justice system is really behind, and corona definitely did not help that. So they will still get paid, and that's the good news I can bring to them. So they're, you know, in some cases their families still need to eat and survive. I bring them information, and then I let them decide. And like Cynthia told us about the reduction in compensation once a veteran has been incarcerated after conviction on that 61st day, the VA will reduce the amount of the compensation, but the rest of the money can go to the veteran's family, spouse, dependent or dependent, parent, but they've got to file a claim. A lot of people don't know about the VA's apportionment program. It's one claim form. It's a VA form 21-0788, and I'll also assist them with filling that out. TVC is here to help them and walk them through that entire process. And that's what makes this agency stand head and shoulders above any other service organization, in my opinion. So, Terry, how do you make contact with the veterans? Well, a lot of that good work is done from those peer service coordinators who are already kind of floating around in the jail, letting people know that we're out here. We get quite a lot of letters from folks who are experiencing incarceration. We hear from their families. Their families will be looking for resources. So they go to our website and they'll look for things there and they'll email us or give us a phone call. We also have what we call jail information cards that get sent out to all the sheriffs in all 254 counties across Texas. And when people are booked into the county jail, they're asked at that point, have they served in the military? And if they say yes, they're handed one of those cards. They can fill it out and let us know kind of what it is they're looking for. They get sent back to us postage free, don't have to worry about looking for stamps, and then we can start the process there. So pretty much any way you can communicate with folks, that's how we're getting in contact with those veterans and their families. So you mentioned law enforcement, that you also work with law enforcement. What do you do with them? The Texas Commission on uh, Law Enforcement is one of the agencies for the state that does a lot of trainings for law enforcement, and we're talking DPS, local PD, sheriff's office, anyone. And so as part of their standards, they have a few trainings that deal specifically with veterans. One of the trainings that we do the most often is the FICO 4067, which is trauma-affected veteran training. It's a three-day training. We go down to the different departments. We spend three days with them. We talk about dealing with trauma-affected veterans. We talk about the similarities between law enforcement and veterans. We're usually talking to some folks who are in law enforcement that are veterans and really talking about some of the things that people may not consider when dealing with trauma-affected veterans. We also do some work with DPS. They do what's called the 1850 
talking about de-escalation and we come in for them and we also talk about those trauma affected veterans. We talk a little bit about work with veterans with PTSD, traumatic brain injuries, kind of what that overlap looks like. We also do another training similar to both of those for jailers. So one of the things we like to say with Just Evolve Veteran Department is we have training, we will travel, and we really like lurking with those law enforcement officers because again, there is a lot of overlap between the two. And also one of the things that we also notice is that sometimes um, it's helpful to them personally as well. Also, veteran treatment courts. Well, a veteran treatment court, it can either be a specific docket in an existing court or a separate court where they are really working with veterans in specific. We understand that veterans have things that they need from a court process and then also from the community. So this is a chance for them to come in, kind of speak to those needs. It's not oh, they're a veteran, so we're going to let them off easily. Most of the time, they're in these programs much longer than somebody you know, on a regular program. They are usually 12 to 18 months long. They have a list of things that they have to do, classes that they have to take, UAs have to, have to go to, counseling, just a whole host of things. But it offers them a way to come back and reenter into society and get back to that standard where they were before. I mean, we are talking about people who stood there, they raised their right hand, they took an oath to protect our country, and then on the way back, something went awry. And this is an opportunity for them to get back to the person that they were before and re-enter into society and really taking into account some of the specific needs and some of the specific things that may have occurred that got them to that place. Tell me about the special units that they have in the jails for military. And specifically in the state jails and also in prisons, the Texas Department of Criminal Justice is starting communities within the prison system. They call them pods mostly. And so they're veteran pods. And what's so encouraging about this is that veterans can live in community with other veterans. For instance, there is a veterans prod at the Hughes unit in Gatesville, Texas, for example. And instead of surviving in the general population, they're actually thriving in community together and serving the prison itself and doing things like raising the flag and taking classes and learning new skills and doing peer groups. And those peer service coordinators go in and run groups every week in those communities. It's very encouraging. Cynthia, tell me, why do you do this? Well, I personally just love that the Texas Veterans Commission is really just veterans serving other veterans. And, you know, sometimes our consequences catch up to us in such a way that we need assistance. And the fact that we can come alongside and provide those resources and provide that help and allow someone to get back on track in whatever way that looks like for that person is just... It empowers them, it empowers us, and it just really makes a difference. Terry, what about you? Well, I spent the bulk of my career in criminal justice. I've been a adult probation officer working with folks with mental health and substance use issues. I was a juvenile probation officer. I was a therapist in the juvenile facility. And so this, to me, just seems like it's full circle. As a adult probation officer, I did have veterans on my caseload, and unfortunately, I did not know that all of this programming was here. Texas just overtook California. We have the most veterans in our state and folks out there need assistance. And even if it's not for all the things that you think they might need assistance for, you might think you need help with, 
we don't care call us anyway you know even if you need help with something else and you just remember hearing cynthia and terry and you call us we'll figure out where it is that you need to go but there are services that are out there the veterans mental health department is here to assist tvc as a whole is here to assist i like doing it i have a great partner makes it easy we have a great team which makes it even easier and every day i go home and i feel like okay i got something done today i have been talking with terry williams and cynthia gray managers of the Justice Involved Veterans Program, and Greg Holland, one of our claims benefits advisors. His specialty is working with Justice Involved Veterans and their family members. Go to our website, tvc.texas.gov. Click on mental health. That's where you'll find contact information for Cynthia and Terry and all the other managers of our mental health programs. Greg Holland and Jason Bednar are our Justice Involved Claims Benefits Advisors. Cynthia and Terry can help you connect with them. tvc.texas.gov. Click on Mental Health. While you're on the website, check out all our free services. You can also call the info line 1-800-252-VETS. That's 1-800-252-VETS. And we have an agency briefing and Q&A the second Tuesday of the month. It's on the events calendar, tvc.texas.gov. Click on events and register. I'm Julia Connor. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Texas Veterans, a production of Texas Veterans Commission. Helping veterans starts here.